Welcome to SCNH Group's Now to Next podcast. Today's topic is one that is applicable to all business owners, cybersecurity. Organizations are under increasing pressure to demonstrate that they are managing cybersecurity threats and that they have effective processes and controls in place to detect, respond to, mitigate, and recover from breaches and other security events. The AICPA recently held a cybersecurity advisory and attestation training, which took a deeper dive into this topic. I'm here today with Anthony DeJulian, who is a principal within our risk management and IT audit practice, as well as Jeff Bathurst, director of our technology advisory team. How are you guys doing today? Doing very well, Jen. Thanks. Great. Thanks. Could you tell us a little bit more about some of the takeaways from the conference and how they are applicable to our listeners? Absolutely. So I I think one of the important takeaways um, from the training before we dive a little bit deeper into some of the value-added topics, it really is around the SOC for Cybersecurity audit um, that the AICPA recently released. Uh, It's a third-party attestation report that will change the way that organizations really um, communicate and, um, you know, effectively evaluate their cybersecurity risk uh, management programs to uh, their investors, to board of directors. It's the first reporting uh, framework, uh, a third-party attestation that's been developed across cybersecurity controls and frameworks. Um, you know, previously you know, organizations are focused on implementing and developing cybersecurity controls, but there was no way to really. Uh, report on the effectiveness of those controls to upper management. And so uh, the AICPA has designed this framework uh, for just that purpose and, uh, you know, gives opportunity for consistency across uh, reporting uh, and and accountability uh, to those control environments, whether it's NIST or ISO uh, or trust service principles. They all have a, a set of defined criteria that they have to be held to in reporting. Uh, and so, you know, it gives organizations of different industries, of different sizes, uh, a consistent way to report on the effectiveness of, of those controls. Yeah, it's one of the interesting points of this particular conference was how organizations can leverage fundamental cybersecurity practices, regardless of whether they're trying to obtain the cyber, SOC for Cyber attestation, to help improve their security posture. You know, one of the things that uh, we think will come out of this is uh, as organizations continue to acquire cybersecurity insurance, that we think that this SOC for cyber attestation may actually help facilitate the acquisition and standardization of that cybersecurity insurance product. But one of the things that organizations can take away from um, this particular standard is around their policies and procedures as well as their personnel. You know, organizations don't necessarily have to invest a, a ton of money in terms of technology, products, or services to improve cybersecurity, um, their cybersecurity health. And I think that's something that organizations, regardless of size, regardless of level of organization maturity, these are things that can be put into place with the help of a technology advisor or an organization who specializes in this to help improve and and uh, your awareness as well as you know, reduce the enterprise risk. Yeah, and similar to what Jeff was mentioning, the, the SOC for Cyber reporting framework is, is a very mature um, requirement, and you know, we don't expect mid-level or, or small organizations to be at, at a point in their maturity where they're ready to undergo an audit. But 
what we really took from the training is what can those organizations do right now? How can you know those organizations learn from the requirements of this framework to better you know bring reliability and accountability you know internally to protect their data and their security? You know some of those things start with uh, a risk assessment. One of the areas we covered a lot in terms of um, you know really before even going down the path of a SOC for security audit report, you know, making sure that your framework and your program is well designed. Um, bring in an organization to perform a risk assessment to really ensure that you have the right people and you have the right controls in place uh, to protect uh, the integrity of your organization's data um, you know, going forward. And, and how do you develop that program? What's the right framework for your organization? Um, and you know, going forward from there, there's a lot of other uh, audits and reviews that, that are necessary before you even think about you know, going down the path of a formal audit. Yeah, one of the things that um, is important for folks to understand is that this risk assessment, working with an organization like SCNH, can help an organization identify just what is needed for them to be uh, prudent and to be effective with their cybersecurity posture, uh, because it doesn't mean the same thing to every organization. You know, for small to medium-sized businesses. Uh, you only may implement a certain fraction of the controls in order to protect what you identify as valuable information, information that if compromised could be a significant harm to your constituents, your customers, your donors, uh, and your organization. So that's really important for companies to understand uh, is what has value and then what do they need to do in terms of their people and their processes. And then in turn their technology to help address those, those concerns. One of the things, for example, organizations can do today is, you know, with respect to employee turnover, you know, every company experiences it. Are, are you coordinating your technology department with your HR department to ensure that people who enter the organization and who they, and when they leave the organization or they change roles, that you are in turn modifying their access to information and data appropriately. It's something that's very simple, but one that's often missed in an organization and it can lead to uh, information being put in the wrong hands. So this is, that's, a, that's a concrete example of what any size organization can do as, uh, as one of their procedures to help improve their posture. Yeah, it all comes down to program design. You know, how is an organization, are you able to implement a program that is sustainable? Because you know, a lot of the frameworks that are out there today, as you mentioned, their requirements are very lengthy. They're, you know, they're more than what most organizations in the mid to, to small size require level. a ton of overhead. Yeah, right. and, and mm -hmm. but but it's not necessarily the right fit for your organization. So you know, upfront, doing the right due diligence on program design, um, you know, it, and taking, you know, it may not be that all of NIST 800 is the right approach for you, but pieces of it maybe pieces of ISO. It's not necessarily that you have to follow one framework from he, you know from start to finish 100 percent if it doesn't make sense and isn't applicable to your organization. So finding the right approach up front when you design your cybersecurity risk management program is probably the most critical step at this point for organizations. And having um, you know, the right level of experience in helping to do that um, you know, is, is probably where a lot of organizations that are smaller or mid-sized fail. Um, because they're implementing controls and procedures that are just too difficult mm -hmm. to sustain over a long period of time. Yeah, that's one fortunate thing around the cybersecurity space is there's not, <laughs> there's not a lack of standards regarding information security. Uh, but to Anthony's point, it's finding 
uh, a partner who can take those documented standards that can be that are used in global Fortune 50 companies and paring it down to an appropriate solution for your organization. And that's where you know finding the right partner to to do that is 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 imperative because you want to be you know prudent with your with your resources with your time with your money but you also are responsible. Every organization is responsible for protecting the data not either of their firm in terms of IP so or their customer data. or their customer information whether it's personal identity PII or personal identity information, PHI or health information credit card transactions, social security numbers, whatever it is that you think that has value that if it was compromised could be a detriment to your organization or to your customers, that's what you're responsible for and every organization is responsible for it. And that's where you have to then understand what level of program, what level of risk you have and then what level of remediation and activity you need to implement to address it. And that's really where I think the AISPA got things right this time around is that they're not forcing organizations into a specific set of criteria. They're really allowing them the flexibility to figure out what makes the most sense. So, you know, whether it's NIST, whether it's ISO or high trust or a combination, um, organizations, when they're developing their cybersecurity risk management program, they, they have the option of really creating whatever program makes the most sense for them. Um, and then, you know, describing that program is where the consistency comes in. The description criteria that uh, you that are included within the actual formal report are consistent no matter what your framework is. And so it's really taking, you know, allowing organizations that flexibility up front and then bringing them together consistently so that the reporting looks the same across organizations. Yeah, Anthony makes a great point. I mean, AICPA did get this right in terms of providing the controls and the frameworks. Uh, it's really up to um, the organi- you know, a company and its technology or advisory partner um, to be able to customize it for that organization. And you know, again, without being concerned about overspending in technology, you really need to focus on what it is that's appropriate for you. What level of controls can you adopt? What level of controls are actually become too onerous to take on, right? Because we see a lot of organizations where they try to implement these big frameworks and they realize that they're having to add tremendous overhead in terms of labor, in terms of people, in terms of dollars spent. And in the end, they're no more protected than they necessarily were if they did nothing. And that's that's an extreme example, but we've seen it time and time again. And, and that right fit, is, as you pointed out, Anthony, that's imperative. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of immediate value um, in the short run, even if the, the SOC for Cyber Audit report is, is your long-term goal. What's different about you know this than some of the other standards is that uh, the things that you have to do now as an organization to put yourself in a place for an audit, they bring immediate value, you know, risk assessments, policy development, um, you know, some whether it's vulnerability assessments and penetration testing or, you know, a lot of the things that make up a program are things that bring immediate value to your organization. You know, whether or not you're getting ready for the audit, you're, you're putting safeguards in place over your data, um, you know, in, up to business, you know, industry best practice as well. I have one question, Anthony, and it wasn't covered when I was there at the, at the conference. For SOC for Cyber, does it have a SOC 1 or SOC 2 prerequisite attached to it, or is it completely independent? It's completely independent, uh, primarily because the focus is on an entity, uh, the organizational data. SOC 1, SOC 2 really are focused on 
just your client data, so you're looking primarily at, at a system or, or specific application or business unit, whereas the SOC for cyber is really more organizational uh, entity focused. Um, but there is no type one necessarily. So um, you are looking at a period of time, so you do want to uh, assess the operating effectiveness of controls, not just the design. Um, you want to make sure that you have uh, those controls in place and operating, and, and that they, like as we mentioned before, the importance of sustainability, mm -hmm. being able to provide audit evidence over a period of time um, that that those controls are effective. Yeah, that's a really important distinction that you know this SOC for cyber is about. It's internally facing. Yep. It's internally focused in terms of your policies, your procedures, your entitlement reviews, your um, user attestations, your access to data. Um, what are your proactive and reactive activities and procedures regarding the monitoring and control of information as opposed to, like you said, SOC 1 and SOC 2 is more client data facing. That's, yeah, it's that's much more really focused for investors, for board of directors. And you mentioned insurance. I think that's another big one as well that we'll see down the road That'll as develop. this becomes yep. adopted is that you know what rates you're receiving may be dependent on your ability to provide um, attestation or, or, you know, some sort of level of comfort over your cybersecurity program. Yeah, the cybersecurity insurance issuers are having a challenge with quantifying the the policy and the mm -hmm. level of liability and, and, and coverage, okay? And I think seeing a SOC for cyber attestation might really help move forward in, in a large leap the, the, the standard, an, uh, standardization of that offer. An added level of confidence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because now that you, you have something to measure against because there is an official control. And it's third-party assessed from a CPA right. firm who, you know, is held uh, to a separate, you know, another level of accountability from, uh, you know, in a PCAOB or, or you know, uh, audit standpoint on themselves that, you know, these these reviews are, uh, you know, are or could be audited as well. So, you know, you have uh, that an additional level of accountability by having a CPA firm issue these reports. Yeah, the last thing I think I would state on this whole topic is that it's really important to note that the AICPA is making such a, a concerted effort to communicate cybersecurity and the, the cybersecurity programs uh, to its constituents and, and to its membership because it demonstrates and signifies just how seriously AICPA is taking not just um, you know the, the accounting controls, but also things that can affect accounting controls like cybersecurity, or even in some cases, I know technology specific yeah. pieces of technology are being uh, discussed by the AICPA, and I think it's a it's an indication to the AICPA membership. This is not a plug for them, but I think it's as a as a member you benefit greatly by not only understanding the security of the accounting standards, but then things associated with it like cybersecurity or other technology pieces. And, and I think that's driven uh, primarily from you know, the board of directors. What are they asking about? What are the things that are keeping up them up at night? And what are the things that they are concerned about? Um, and, you know, Cyber being number one exactly. in almost all cases. Right, right. exactly. So how yeah. do we give the, those, those boards of directors and those investors sufficient um, accountability and reliability that, that, yeah, as an organization, we've got a hold of things, um, and we can show that through, through an attestation from a third party. A lot of great information shared today. Thanks, guys. If anyone has any questions, please visit schgroup.com.